0: Chapter 4, let's look at verse 1 through 3. I want to say thank you, especially to those that have nourished us this week. Uh, We have been fed, and uh, we have been blessed, and I want to thank you for your sacrifice uh, for the work that you're doing for the kingdom. Uh, James chapter 4, starting at verse 1. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lust, that war in your members? Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not because you ask not. Ye ask and receive not because you ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust that ye may consume it upon your lust. Let's pray. God, we thank you tonight, today, for this service. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the authority that's in your word. And I'm asking you now to anoint my mind, to anoint my lips. God, anoint our heart that we can hear in our mind that we can accept and respond, we'll give you praise in Jesus' name, praise God, praise God, praise God, you can be seated, praise God, I want to talk to you this morning from a subject that might sound a little strange to start with, but just kind of bear with me and it'll all come together hopefully. Uh, Before we're through, I want to talk to you from the subject, ye are what you eat. You are what you eat. Now, I say that may sound a little strange, but I think we all understand that if we take care of our body, we have a better chance of having a healthy body. And there's a lot of emphasis today on eating proper foods. The, the downside to that is it would be so nice if you could just believe what you read. Every once in a while you're going to die if you eat eggs. And then the next time you turn around, if you don't eat eggs, you're going to have some kind of gross abnormality in your body. Then it goes from one thing to the other. 2% milk, skim milk, 1% is all you're supposed to drink. But now they're saying they made a mistake and uh, whole milk is better for you than even those others because of the process that they go through but uh i think the bottom line is we know pretty well that if we uh if we eat right we're going to have a better chance of uh you know surviving a few more days anyway uh, I've, my my brother-in-law is about at one point was about the size of this pulpit, and uh, he would eat greasy food and just consume it. His cholesterol was like 110, 115, and I was doing everything I knew to do right, and mine was over 200. So, with that said, sometimes. The principles don't work, but uh, that's in the natural. The word consume that we read to you is to use up, to drink, or to eat up, or to devour. <coughs> now, the writer said you consume it unto your lust is to consume or annihilate. And the word annihilate is to take up and make a part <coughs> of one's self. Assimil- <coughs> I'm sorry. Assimilate is to take up and to make part of oneself. When you eat a food, you consume it, you assimilate it, and then it becomes a part of you. I don't think we'll argue about that. It is to absorb or to incorporate uh, as the body is designed to assimilate and digest the foods that we eat. Did, did, did you ever hear the statement that uh, uh, we're a product of our environment? You're just a product of your environment, the way you're raised, and that has, that has an effect. You're a product of who you run with, or you're a product of who you're influenced by. Who is your influencer? Is it someone on the job? Is it uh, someone in the family? Is it uh, even someone that comes to church with you? Now, I've lived long enough to know that not everybody that comes through those doors are coming through them for the right reasons. Unfortunately, some are brazen enough to come to sow discord. So even in the church, you have to be careful who you are influenced by. You become a product of who you run with. You young people run with the wrong crowd. You're going to wind up in trouble. Even families in the church that run with the wrong crowd. Praise God. Spend too much time with certain members of the family. We take on the characteristic of the crowd that we keep company with. Praise the Lord. Now just, just give me a little time this morning. It's going to take a while to, to really get where I want to go. But I want, I want to try to help you, make you aware that we've got an enemy. And it comes in all shapes and forms. And its ultimate goal is to pull you down. Praise God. Spiritually speaking, we are a product of what we eat or consume. Now my dad, unfortunately... uh, he received the Holy Ghost in a in a country sitting, and there was really was not that much of an opportunity to have a good church to go to, but he received the Holy Ghost, but he never submitted to a pastor and to a local assembly. He was always what we called a freewheeler. He was always looking for uh, the church with the most noise and the biggest flare, and uh, Benny Hinn and some of those in that time was was his heroes, and uh, he would always come in up with some kind of strange doctrine. He taught for for a while, or supposedly believed that. If you got sick, it was because you had sin in your life, and that you get that sin out of your life, uh, you wouldn't have that sickness. At the same time, he was having many heart attacks and strokes on a regular basis. So it come kind of a kind of a family joke. Me and my four brothers, one of us would. Would get sick invariably the other one because they'd get that sin out of your life and you'll get well. We are a product of who we run with and who we listen to. Praise God. What you what you take in, you cannot help letting it become a part of you. What you believe, what you hear and Uh, Begin to take into your spirit, into your, your actions. You know, you can watch good saints start missing church. There's a reason behind it. You can watch good saints start coming to church late on a consistent basis. They either don't want to mix and mingle with the saints before and fellowship and get stronger. And then you watch their children. You know, regardless of what we like to put on as a front, you can tell a lot about mom and dad by the actions of their children. Because they're with you when you're at home and you are your real self. It's normal for children to want to worship the Lord. You watch these little children before before they get scarred or hurt or can, you know, kind of figure things out. They're in the aisles. They're dancing. They're jumping. They're leaping. Sometimes even to a nuisance. But when that individual gets up to be able to, you know, I know what they say, but I'm seeing what they're doing. It's hard to get them to get involved in worshiping the Lord. Praise God and you're putting a part of you into them, they're assimilating it, and that's saying church is not all that important. The food that you eat, both physically and spiritually, is what you eventually will give out. Now, I'm going to do a little... I'm going to make some of you hungry. Some lady took the time the other night to bake these, and they just border on being heavenly. But if you took the time to count the calories, yeah, they may not be as appealing. Who made these? She's not here. All right. I was going to brag on her. Now, she brought, fortunately, she just brought a small bag. Fortunately for me. Now, my wife is stronger and smarter than I am because she just ate one of them, but I think I've eaten all the rest of them. It's, it's very delicious, and I think if I'm not mistaken, it's coated with sugar on the top. I'm talking about what you eat. Becomes a part of you. What are you drooling for? Mm. It's gone. It's part of me. It's not a cookie anymore. I hope I'm making sense before we get through. The importance of what we allow to go in our spiritual mouth is so critically important. It don't matter, and I'm not being disrespectful, but It doesn't matter if it's mama or daddy or grandma or grandpa, whoever it is, I've got to be careful. Now my dad at one time told me I was, my dad was a mean man. I was scared of him, I was afraid of him. He had a fuse about that long and it stayed lit on both ends. He was a very rough man. And I always was just afraid of him. And he told me one time, he says, Son, there's no hell and there's no heaven. He said, how you live down here is going to determine and what you experience down here." is your hell and your heaven. When he said that, something come over me, I, I felt like I was nine feet tall. I, I mean, I, I just went out of control. I got in his face, and I said, you pedal that junk somewhere else. I don't want it in my mind. Act off until the day that he died. He never tried to push his goofy ideas on me. I'm submitted to a man of God, and I'm going to listen to the man of God because I still don't have all the answers. I still need him to stand in this pulpit on a Bible study night and say, this is what we need to be eating. We don't, oh yeah, they can dance and squeal and run down the street. And I, I, we don't do that around here and still live like the world. Oh, praise the Lord. This is a holiness church. This is a separated church. That's what you need to be consuming. It is not a horror for me to come to church. I get to come to church. Uh, Now, it's, it's good for me because I don't know anybody here I don't know your, if you have problems. I don't know that. If you're the greatest saint in the church, I don't really know that other than just observation. But it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what God thinks. And when you come in those doors... You need to be transformed in your thinking. And if you have been feeding yourself the right foods, do you read your Bible on a regular basis? Do you read it through every year? Oh, praise the Lord. Are your, is your mind on a hunting magazine more than it is this? Or a fishing magazine or something worse than that? Oh, praise the Lord. Is that what I'm feeding myself? What I just ate, I no longer have any control over. It's now part of me. And if I had access to them and would let myself indulge, it wouldn't be too long. You couldn't tell if I was walking or rolling. Because it's going to become a part of me and you're going to be able to tell that I consumed it. Now that don't take a rocket scientist What you spend your time consuming the most of the time is what's going to come out. You can't affect it. You can't keep it. It's more pronounced in teenagers than it is grandmas, grandpas, but you eat chocolate, and them little bumps is gonna start coming out on your face. Or you might you might try to cover it up, but it's there. It's a product of something you consumed that came out. And you can lift your hands on the exterior, but if you haven't been feeding the right feed and food. It'll show. Praise God. Oh, it's important that we control that we uh, what we allow to enter into our spirit. When I come in that door, I should have one thing on my mind, and that is, to please God. or oh, we expect the preacher to get sensitive to the Spirit and be able to, we say, walk in the Holy Ghost and know how to move that God. But it is a responsibility of every Holy Ghost-filled saint to find that dimension of the Spirit that the Lord wants you to work in. Well, praise the Lord. Now, this is just my doctrine. It's not a heaven or hell issue, but I believe in every service that the Lord desires a worship leader in the pew. How many times have you ever seen somebody just all of a sudden just come unglued as we say and it just swept through the church? God chose that individual to respond first. Every line has to have a person at the front of it and start the march. March. So if one individual, and it's not the same person every time, but the one that worships the Lord and gets the most involved in pleasing God is the one that's going to be fed the most in that service and may be able to bless somebody else that is not as quick to respond. Oh, I can remember as a young person, I I was kind of the backward, uh, inward person. And they would be worshiping. I wanted to do it so bad, I just couldn't bring my... And I'd say, God, please let them sing that chorus just one more time. They'll just sing it one more time. I'll do something. they would sing it one... Lord, let them do it one more time. And I spent my time praying, Lord, let them do it one more time. Hello? But what if? We are in an apostolic church, aren't we? What if? And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, there was a few in one accord. That's not what your Bible says, then why do we act like that? They were all in one accord, in one place, and when they got there suddenly, it happened. Just what would happen on a regular basis when you entered those last doors there into this sanctuary. If you shut everything else out and says, God, is just me and you until the pastor says you're dismissed. There would be no repeating, of course, 15, 20 times to get, you know, you just keep on singing it and get it a little bit faster and a little bit faster and... After a while, somebody's going to do something. They know that in the rock world. But oh, there were times when, when I pastored that folks would get loose and start shouting and run in the aisles. And I'd look over to the organ player and I'd say, start singing Amazing Grace. We'll find out if they're running to the beat or if they're running to worship. You start singing amaze and grace and the same ones keep shouting. You uh, You can have a pretty good idea they've consumed the right components for that service. Well, I'm talking to somebody in the Holy Ghost right now. You're coming to church for the wrong reason. God don't owe you anything. But we owe him everything. Every service, whether it's a young people's service or the conference, when we come in those doors, it's my responsibility to get God's attention and to give back to God what we know He deserves and desires. Oh, praise the Lord. <clears throat> miracles, we want to see miracles. Miracles. That's how we see miracles. You want to see revival? That's how we see revival. It's not bringing an evangelist with a nice looking trailer and he knows all the right words. It's not even a door knocking campaign and, and uh, I'm not against none of that. But you could bring a hundred visitors in this building. And yet if the saints of God are not doing their job, they're going to walk out being disillusioned and disappointed. Oh, praise God. I saw it just recently there at the home church in Tulsa. Uh, Me and my wife are generally one of the first ones in the parking lot or in the building just because that's always the way we've done it. I just cannot handle being late. Nowhere. We got messed up one time years ago when this goofy time changed. And I went to church late. When I got to the door and discovered that I was an hour late, I told my wife, I said, I'm not going in there. I just can't. It says something to me that God is not that important. I want to be there. I want to to get involved in the the, the setting of the environment for that service. It had been building for a while, but on that particular night, probably 30, 45 minutes before church started, There was a mass of people, and they wasn't just now. I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. I thank you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. That's not prayer. You know, we get, we get, we can get so involved, and I've watched people walk slow. Jesus 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 and I've watched others walk as fast as they could just back and forth back and forth that's not that's not prayer the faster you walk is not prayer but they was around the altar and they was plugged in brother the closer it come to to church time the louder it got They were shouting, they were dancing, some of them were running. Nobody up here saying, come on, come on, somebody do something. Come on, somebody do something. No, no, it was spontaneous. 7.30 come around and I had to run over about 10, 15 minutes and finally Pastor Howard stepped to the pulpit and he said, God is in this house. And God is in here to do something tonight. And when he said something on that wise, it blew up. It exploded. You hear me? Sinners got out of their seat and come down the aisle and prayed through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Nobody had preached. But God was in the house. Somebody had ingested the right components in their system and said, hey, I'm going to give to God what he likes. Let me just give you a little secret. When you see your pastor get up here on a Sunday night and he gets anointed and he's wanting to go three or four different directions at the same time and his body just won't cooperate, I mean, these they... There's something all over him. You stand to your feet and get involved in that and you're going to plug into the same anointing that he's feeling. And when he begins to talk in the Holy Ghost, you're going to get what he's saying. You're going to get the intent of what he's saying. The disciples said one time to Jesus, why are you always talking in parables? paraphrased. He said, that bunch is not interested. I don't want them to hear what I'm saying. Oh, oh. Oh, I'm feeling something strong right now. When you come to the house of God, your spiritual gas tank should be filled up and bubbling down the side of that fender before you leave this door. Can I tell you the pressure of this world is going to start pulling the wannabes by the wayside. The day of the wannabes in the apostolic church is becoming short because they're not getting what they need when they come. Come to church. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There was a young black man in my pastor's brother's church, Howard Davis in San Bernardino, California, years ago. He sat right there on the front row and you could basically say boo. Boo. And Avery was running the aisles. (laughs) It was a distraction because nobody else was feeling anything. I mean, the song leader just announced the first song, and here he's running around the building. So finally, Brother Davis told him, says, you sit down and you sit there until somebody else does something. Avery done it, but he squirmed. He done everything but stand up without standing up. I mean, have you ever seen an earthworm get on the hot sidewalk and just, that's the way Avery was acting. And finally, he stood it just as long as he could, and he jumped to his feet, and he screamed as loud as he could. Would somebody please do something? Somebody please do something. I'm about to explode inside. Oh, what? would? I'm not talking about wildfire. I'm talking about something getting down in our spirit that said hey I'm going to find out what God's got for me sit there if you want to brother but I'm going to find out what God's got for me I'm going to get plugged into where God can talk to my spirit I want to be able to ingest that power that Acts 1 and 8 talks about so that when I walk out the door I've got the anointing on me! Oh, hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. I think every real, true apostolic church today is desiring to see revival. Uh, we're limited as to where we go, but I've turned down places that I could have went because I don't think the agenda that they're projecting is conducive to revival. You've got a revival spirit in this church. Church. Revival is at your fingertips. We don't we don't we don't major on miracles, but when revival comes, miracles come with it. Miracles are kind of the I sing on the cake. It's the benefit that we receive. Why? Because when revival comes, people are plugged in. They're in one mind. They're not fussing with nobody, and they're not allowing anybody to affect them if they want to fuss. I'm here to please God. I'm here to love God, I'm here to promote God, you get in that dimension, you consume that spiritual food, and when you leave the doors, you're going to leave here and enter into a mission field. You say, oh, I wish I could find somebody to win to the Lord. You get plugged in like I'm talking about and everybody you see is going to be hungry for God because you're going to look at them through different eyes. Everybody that don't have the Holy Ghost, if that's exactly what they're looking for, they just don't realize it. The dope addict wants deliverance. And the only way they're going to get deliverance is in the Holy Ghost. The alcoholic wants deliverance. The perverse wants deliverance. You say, oh, no, 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 no. By, my Bible says that Jesus said it's not my will that any should perish. But it's going to take the power of the Holy Ghost. It's going to take a group of people that said, hey, I'm going to start being very meticulous about what I eat in my spirit. Oh, pastor, when you come and tell me little gold nuggets. Praise God. When your pastor preaches an hour, and I, I, I just got a feeling he's capable of doing that on a regular basis. I'm not a false prophet, am I? I thought so. It shows, seriously, it shows, oh, hallelujah, that God. Let let, let me help you good folks. Just let me drop a little nugget for you to think about. Not everybody in any assembly is sold out 100%. Because we're human. The, The human nature, the carnal side it just takes some longer to see the essentiality of all the way. They're here for the good feeling and the fishes and the loaves. Jesus had folks that followed him, and when the fishes and the loaves stopped, they left. He picked 12 disciples, and one of them was a devil anybody think Jesus wasn't aware of that? No. He picked one to show us and to show the ministry that not everybody that says they want to go to heaven is interested in being saved. Okay? So, don't let the devil distract you by saying you're doing more and so-and-so is. You're more and you work more. You show up more. You're praying. No, no, no. Don't let that sequel spirit get on me. Let the pastor deal with the ones that's not where they need to be right now. But I'm going to be a friend to them if they'll let me be, but not to pull me down. I'm going to try to lift them up to my level. But if that's not what they want, then I'm going to run the aisles. I'm going to pray. I'm going to get excited. I'm going to back my pastor. I praise the Lord. Oh, it's commendable what y'all are trying to do uh, to honor them on their anniversary. But could I tell you something that would make them happy year-round is every time you come to church, how you act just like he's serving a a filet mignon. He's serving the best prime rib in town. I've never heard anybody preach like that before. You do it on your feet uh, with your hands in the air. Come on pastor Preach to me Nobody else might not want it But preach to me You'll see him just about Preach himself to his knees When somebody says I'm hungry Give me some more of that Give me a double portion of that Give me seconds of that Hey could I have some thirds Because I'm consuming What you're saying Oh hallelujah That when it gets down inside Then I just start acting normal Because what I'm acting is what I put inside of me Oh hallelujah What do you think on Or dream about most of the time Praise God. Once you take it in and it's digested, it just comes out. Violence? Why? I heard a good elder that I'm very close with, we were talking the other day, and we were talking about a younger man that uh, started a... Well, he started a daughter work out of our church and just did incredible. I mean, it was started out as a predominant Spanish work. This was a Spanish couple, just an incredible young couple. And it just blew up. I mean, there wasn't no time until they had already filled up the Uh, The chapel at the school. Pastor, the church went and bought a building, and it wasn't no time that filled up that building. Let me just show you. Now, God don't do everything the same way all the time, but God notices. And God always feeds. According to your appetite. Grandmas, if you ever, have you ever cooked a meal and them spoilt kids come to the table and said, I don't want that. I don't like that. My mom raised five boys on a hundred dollars a month. I never saw a menu in our kitchen. She went to the cabinets and she didn't didn't cook by a recipe. She took a little of this and a little of this because that's all she had and she put it together and she put it on the table. And if you was foolish enough to say, I don't want that, I don't like it. she says, say, son, that's fine, I understand. Get down and go on back outside and play. The difference between a good meal and a bad one is just four hours. Four hours from now, it'll taste good. Huh? Yeah? Well, praise the Lord. God feeds according to your appetite. This young man that, well, we desperately needed a building. We couldn't find a building. The importance of your man of God walking in the Spirit, I'm fixing to show you, They'd find a building, and this young preacher, he'd get so excited. Oh, this is the will of God! This is the will of God! This is. Pastor Howard said, "I just feel a check. I feel like backing off and waiting a while." And you could just see his feathers wilt. They'd find another building, and that was the will of God. I mean, how many wills of God did they find? In every case, it's I just feel a check in the Holy. One morning, our banker called Pastor Howard and addressed him by his first name. And he said, Gary, he said, "Do you still looking for a building for, that, for your Spanish work? And he said, yes, sir. He said, well, I think I found one. When could you come look at it? He said, hold the door open. He jumped in his truck and he run down there. It was a repossessed bank building on about four acres of land a brick bank building that him and his partner had just bought. He said, now Gary, I think if things will work out, we're going to be able to give you this building. Probably a million and a half dollars value in the perfect location for a Spanish work. Well, a few weeks went by and he called him back and he said, Gary, he said, IRS regulations, he said, we're not going to be able to give you that building. But he said, uh, we can't do anything with it for two years. I believe it was. So we're going to lease it to you for two years, for $2 a year. if you can come up with that amount. And at the end of two years, we're going to just sell it to you for $2. Hello? They're in that building today and they're pushing their limits. It probably was seat 300, maybe 350, but all around the the edges was conference rooms and offices with uh, black walnut desks and uh, all of the furniture. They just got up and walked out. I mean, Sunday school rooms galore. Upstairs was a conference room that you could have had another church in. They're pushing their limits. He was supposedly said in a conversation, not recently, he said, you know, the biggest struggle that I'm having with folks coming in is with their television. I almost fell out of my... I thought everybody had almost outgrew that. I mean, you've got one in your pocket now. Why? Why? would people after all of these years of knowing the evils and the garbage and the junk want to slip around and expose themselves and their children? Pornography. I could tell you horror stories. I could tell you horror stories about how addictive pornography is to families. Why would a Holy Ghost filled young person or adult for that matter want to sit around and dwell on evil thoughts? Pollute their minds. Your pastor has guidelines for your cell phone and your Electronic gadgets use. why would anybody want to slip around and bypass? Oh, I didn't think you meant that. And let that become a part of your spirit. And then when you come to church, condemnation is so heavy till there's no way you can lift your hands. Well, I'm not saying you've got to run all the time, and you've got to, but every once in a while, you need to get out in the aisle and just show God, I'm thankful that you delivered me from all of that junk. Every once in a while, you need to get excited about clapping your hands when we're singing about being set free. Oh, oh. But you will never become spiritual Struggling with junk in your spirit. And it's quite alright to tell somebody, don't feed me that garbage. I don't want it in my spirit. I don't want it in my mind. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, I'm telling you, you can be delivered. Delivered. Oh, hallelujah, once it's there, it's there forever. I got the Holy Ghost when I was 14 years old, 1954. That's been a a couple of weeks ago for you mathematicians. But I can still remember dirty jokes that me and my buddies swapped. And a lot of times when I'm sitting in church and the Holy Ghost is moving, that flashes through my mind. But I'm struggling with remembering a Bible verse. Don't you think there's a correlation there somewhere? The devil's going to make sure that you've got a steady diet of whatever you want to dwell on. But somewhere or another, you got to stand up on your hind legs and say, devil, I'm tired of your garbage dump. Holy Ghost, I need a purging tonight. And the only way you're going to get that purging is to override your natural instincts and your carnal desires and cravings and get full. I said get full of the presence of the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. Well, I'm not through, but I think I better quit. You're what you eat. You're what you consume. We'll see. We'll see. Tonight. Oh, hallelujah. If anybody heard what I said. You know, the preacher is not trying to make you feel bad. He's not trying to make you put you on a guilt trip. But your pastor sees them zits on your chin, spiritually speaking. And he knows. You're not eating right. And he tries to get you to push that plate back and take this one. This one's a lot more healthy. You're sitting here eating that with guilt and condemnation, but if you'll eat this, it'll purge out all that stuff. And you can for once in your lifetime get a smile on your face. Oh, praise the Lord. I tell some of our young people, you know, these young people are struggling with things you, you moms and dads never dreamed of having to deal with. And I see some of them come to church and, oh, Lord, the look on their face, it just can't me. hold up. And I say, are you happy? Well, yeah. Please tell your face. he done just exactly what everybody that I ever say that to does. Show me his teeth. You come in here tonight with a big old smile on your face and everybody's going to wonder what you're up to. They got a hold of something already. Oh, praise the Lord. And the first time them doodads starts running up and down your backbone, you're gonna see yourself with your hands in the air. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. The devil don't like, the devil don't want you to comprehend what I'm talking about. The devil don't want you to believe that This church wants you to be happy. Oh, thank you, Jesus. you get a hold of what I'm talking about in the visitor driving down that highway out there. Something's going to direct their car when they come to 119th Street and just direct and they're going to come in the parking lot and they'll say something I don't know what happened. I just drove by and something just drawed me in that parking lot. You won't have to spell out all their problems But when they come in here They're going to see people with a smile on their face And a joy in their spirit And they're happy And they're spending millions of dollars a year For pills So they can be somewhat happy And this is the happiest bunch of people I've ever seen in my I don't know what they got But somebody just went down there to that bench I don't know what that bench is for Oh, but I got to go down there and find out something. And the closer, you know, you take a big magnet and get it close to a piece of metal and it just starts drawing it. You can go about any direction and it just follows it. The closer they get down here to this front, I'm not saying you got to come down here to get the Holy Ghost, but I'm saying this is has been sanctified as a place that you can meet God and get your needs met. And the closer you get to it, the more you're going to want to get to it. And when I get to it, I'm going to find out, hey, there's a peace just come over me. I don't know what it is. Somebody said, lift your hands in the air. Well, I'm not doing like I'm used to. Why not try? (sighs) Brother Davis asked a little boy one night, he'd come to the altar, a little black boy that, first time I think he'd been to church, he'd come to the altar, and big old tears run down his face. He got through, he said, how do you feel, sonny? He didn't know a thing about Pentecost. He didn't know how to express how he felt. How did you feel the first time? How did you know how to express yourself? He said, the boy looked at me and said, I just feel like I've been vacuumed out. All of that junk is gone. And that's what causes people to start clapping their hands and jumping up and down and laughing and rolling. Most everybody's too proud now. A $500 suit, I can't afford to get it wrinkled. But when you get them from Salvation Army, you don't worry about it. Praise the Lord. I hope I've made sense today to help somebody to understand. It's commendable for you to be faithful to church. But that's not all there is to church. Oh, hallelujah. Uh, Let's stand to our feet. Somebody ought to be able to give God some praise. Somebody ought to be able to, just a few minutes, get excited about what the Lord is going to do for his people. Hallelujah. Come on, let's do what the preacher said this morning. Let's magnify the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah.